I like the comic strip Agnes. Does anybody read the comics from the Washington Post? Do you know that comic strip Agnes? Agnes actually knows about church, which is why I like it. It's one of the comic strips that makes references to things like Noah's Ark and to the sermon and to going to church. And not too long ago when we were planning for Legacy Sunday, there was a comic strip in which uh, the pastor is shaking everyone's hands on the way out of church and somebody says, Pastor, why do you always have to preach on money? There's a lot of greed and sin and war and violence out there. How come you never say anything about that? Well, you can imagine that that caught my attention. And I thought, well, if we don't have the money, then we can't say anything about the greed and the violence and the war and all of those things. So thanks be to God for the people in our church who commit themselves to working on stewardship campaigns and legacy campaigns and do this work of ensuring that we have the financial resources to be here and to preach and say the things that need to be said. Our scripture lesson comes from the book of Revelation, which is a revealing of God's plan for the world, a revealing of God's new creation, a revealing of God's purpose for wholeness. Let us listen for God's word as it comes to us from the New Testament, book of Revelation, chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See! The home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them as their God. They will be God's peoples, and God will be with them. God, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. And that one also said, Write these things. These words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, we want some of that water, that spring of the water of life. We want to taste 
those words that will cool our fevered souls and water our parched hearts and minds. So, by your word and by your spirit, pour that water out upon us that we may have plenty to drink. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Easter was about a month ago now, and last week an usher came up to me after one of the services and said, I found another Easter egg in the pew. What do I do with it? I said, put it back. <laughs> it's wonderful for kids and adults to find surprise Easter eggs here and there among the pews all throughout the year. If they're still hidden, that's great. They can still be found. When I was a kid, we hunted Easter eggs amongst the daffodils. Near Bluff City, Illinois, in the middle of crops, of soybeans and wheats, my grandfather planted daffodils. There was a little plot of land between all of those, those farm plots that he made an orchard and the family had a cabin. And in the front of that cabin, he planted daffodils. Now daffodils are wonderful because of course as a bulb, they come up perennially every year, but daffodils also multiply. They separate underground and there just become more and more of them. And so my grandfather planted dozens of daffodil seeds or bulbs and over the years they multiplied. And when we would drive up to the cabin in the summertime that Spring, when there was Easter, there would be a sea, an ocean of daffodils, yellow and orange, as far as you could see in front of this cabin. When we were little, we would get the tin, the metal coffee cans, you know, the old metal coffee cans, the gallon. Yes, thank you. And we would fill them up with water and we were allowed to pick as many daffodils as we could because it didn't matter. You couldn't tell. There were so many there. Now I think my grandfather, who I never met, probably imagined what it would be like for the generations coming after him to see that sea of yellow and remember how much he loved nature and plants and his only daughter, my mother. And maybe he imagined that his grandchildren would hunt Easter eggs among those daffodils. But I don't know that he would have imagined that his great great-granddaughter would be doing the same. Now that's my 
grandniece, Emma and Caroline, nothing's happened that you haven't heard about. He left a legacy of love that shines out. In love, life never ends. In the love of God, life never ends. Love never ends. So we come here and we tell stories and we sing songs because they are like bulbs of hope and faith planted in our souls. And they are powerful. 2,000 years ago, God planted a bulb with the prophet John. Now, the prophet John is probably not the one who wrote the Gospel of John. This was the prophet John who got into trouble with the Roman Empire and was exiled onto that island of Patmos in, or Patmos in the middle of the Aegean Sea. Now, I've seen the Aegean Sea, and yes, we know he suffered, but dang, if I'm going to suffer, make it on an island in the middle of the Aegean Sea. <laughs> Just saying. So, so we don't know all that he did, but we do know that he wrote this vision down that he received from God, and it was intended to give hope and sustenance to sustain churches that had gone up against the Roman Empire. Because that's what this is about. You see, the people who were following Jesus were preaching peace while the Roman Empire was engaged in war. And the people who were following Jesus were preaching equality. While the Roman Empire said you have to be a, a man and you have to be Roman to be a citizen, to have a voice, to make decisions about your life. And the people of Jesus said we're equal to one another. And the people of Jesus were saying everyone deserves food. But in the Roman Empire, the system kept those who were hungry just hungry enough to keep in poverty. And so the churches that were going up against the Roman Empire and supporting the poor and talking about equality and living egalitarian lives and working for peace and refusing to become a soldier for the Roman Empire, they were in trouble. And John got exiled there. The image that God planted was for hope that it wasn't going to last. That the empire and the poverty and the violence and the pain that they suffered was not what God wanted, that God did not want that then, that God does not want that now, and God planted this image of an age of goodness and peace. War and violence will end. Death will be no more. 
Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. God will wipe away all tears. God's beautiful new city as part of a great transformation of all things. No more sadness. Only life and love and joy. And we hear this as God's will for the end of time. For us, when our time is ended, and we can also hear this as God's plan for our world here and now, because Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, everything in between. God's love is all and in all and through all and encompassing all and giving this promise to all. This vision took roots in the church of the restoration of heaven and earth and all humankind, and that hope has multiplied through the centuries. And churches all over the world are outposts for this love and sharing the good news, and it is multiplied in strength and goodness. And just over a century ago, one of these bulbs got planted here on the circle, a Presbyterian bulb, so that we could be keepers of that story, of that love, of that vision for God's restored humanity. People tended this church for the last hundred years. They lived out Jesus' love. They drew hope from their faith. They survived two world wars and the Great Depression, and they reached out to people across the Atlantic who had suffered and shared that love with orphans. This church has been through other military conflicts and riots and all measures of hard times, and this church has been here to give hope and to give help and to be a place for Jesus' love. We need this church. Our world needs this church. God needs this church. Because the world needs the outpost for Jesus' love. But we live in crazy times. Do you think? We're trying to keep schools and synagogues and churches safe. It is fearful times for immigrants, for people of color, and maybe even becoming dangerous times for women and girls. John's vision gives us hope. 2,000 years ago, People drew on the love of God to sustain them, to continue to love and be those loving communities through all times. When I look out at this congregation, I see a sea of daffodils. 
I see a sea of flowers blooming and the young people who come to give their statements of faith. And I saw a sea of daffodils this morning as children came and sang the introit and the little children sang with the chant, or they sang up here where the chancel choir sits now for our anthem, our offertory. And I see the bulbs planted as we have confirmation for all during that in-between time. And I see a sea of daffodils as we come together for all church together. And I see the daffodils blooming and our justice for passion because justice isn't just a daffodil, it is a tree planted in our DNA. And that tree sprouts up to adopt a refugee family and to rise up as Jesus' hands and feet because it's not a cause, it is resurrection. Christ is alive. That's what it means. Love, life, never end in the love of God. So today, as we think about our legacies, and we have still the chance to make an impact on how we live our lives so that we can have a say and what people say about us when we are gone. Let us commit to planting a bulb in our wills, our plan giving, the lives that we leave for this church. Make this church part of your legacy. My grandfather could not most likely have imagined his great-great-granddaughter hunting Easter eggs in that sea of daffodils. But I want you to imagine right now your great-great-granddaughter or grandniece or nephew peeking behind a hymnal and finding yet one more stray Easter egg hidden in the pews. Thanks be to God. Amen.